Welcome to a brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Watford beat the Tigers. The Hornets sting. Those Tigers at the KCOM over the weekend. Hull City 1, Watford 2. The Golden Boys continue their run. Eight games now where they've been unbeaten in their last nine overall. And Watford moving on up. That's the focus of this edition of was my enthusiastic and very exuberant call on X on social media just this past week as Watford scoring through Wesley Hood, a spectacular effort from just inside, it turned out, the halfway line at Hull City, and the ball went straight into the back of the net without a bounce, and that was the goal of the season. I am pretty sure of that right now. I mean, there's lots of season to go, but Wesley Hood, in a fantastic effort, Getting the Hornets three points with his right boot. I believe it was his right foot. And he did not waste any time. Caught the goalkeeper off his line. Watford getting the win at the KCOM Stadium. And defeat Hull City. That was a really, really good goal. And as I said in the cool shades of what you saw from Ismaila Saar last season. Against West Bromwich Albion. Also on the road. Where in fact Saar was still in his own half. And he did it going in the opposite direction, hitting the ball just inside his own half, and the ball went straight into the back of the net. I think it did take one bounce, maybe just by the time it got to the line and bounced in. But um, that was goal of the season last season in the EFL, and I have little doubt that Wesley Hood's goal, that astounding effort, which um, I just jumped up for joy, and I'm not the only Watford fan did, obviously, will be the uh, EFL goal of the season for this season. Again, there's lots of time left, but I don't think there's going to be any goal that rivals that as the, uh, really, that's going to take that on for goal of the season. I definitely think Wes Hood's got that wrapped up here already. But Wes Hood had an outstanding performance. This is Omar Moore, welcome aboard, Watford supporter, to this edition of the uh, Uorns podcast, Watford FC podcast. Thank you so very much indeed here um, for your time on this Uorns WFC podcast episode. And, of course, it's focusing on Hull City 1, Watford 2. Watford continue to play well. I think they've played better in these away games recently, except for that second half against Leicester. Watford have begun to pick up some confidence, not just in general, but most importantly, I think, actually, on the road, where the road was, a, a, a forgive me, a graveyard for this football team, this men's first team, over the last 12 months plus. Watford really had very, very, very grave difficulties winning away from home. They got the one win on January the 2nd. That's right, you have to go all the way back there uh, in this calendar year of 2023 before you found Watford winning their first game of the 
new year, which was at the beginning of the new year, look, only the second day in, at Norwich City. Norwich City um, against Watford. Watford won that game. And then, and that was a 1-0 victory. The goal scored late in the game. Bio was the recipient of that. And then you had to go way, 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 way forward until you got to October of this year, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe even November. I think it was November before you saw Watford win another away game in 2023. That was the game at Swansea, another 1-0 victory and uh, a well-deserved one. Ken Summer with a winning goal, smashing the ball uh, into the top of the roof of the net. Really good goal there. Kind of shades of what we saw years ago from Jose Holabas, if you remember, against Middlesbrough away from home in the Premier League on a Sunday afternoon. He smashed the ball into the back of the Middlesbrough net. And it was a spectacular goal. It was the goal that deserved to win the game. And it did. 1-0 Watford winning at Middlesbrough that day. And 1-0 winning Watford at Swansea uh, just a few weeks ago and now another Watford win away from home now look that's a really good thing they're beginning to come like buses now but Watford continue to play well away from home again as I said Leicester they did have a letdown there in the second half they were quite poor as Leicester dominated and Watford really didn't have an answer but Watford are beginning to be more competent away from home more confident away from home, and more together away from home. And that's why I think you got Watford with three points there on Saturday at Hull City at the KCOM. Now, this was a team effort. Don't be fooled by anything or anyone who suggests otherwise. Because although Wes Hook was the man of the match, and although Ben Hamer deputizing once again for Daniel Backman in goal was a massive, massive part of the arguably man of the match runner-up honors, with the save penalty, it really was a team effort that got Watford this victory. If you look at the way that Watford played the game, especially after the West Hook goal, um, the masterclass of game management was in evidence. It was the best closeout of a game for Watford that I've seen this season. The way that Watford were very efficient in how they managed the game, the savvy and the savoir faire that they used in closing down the game managing the game well, suffering well, uh, an onslaught of Hull pressure, how Hull did not get an equalizer after Watford scored theirs uh, to make it 2-1 Watford is beyond me because Jaden Philogene, uh, who should have had at least four goals in this game, missed that big-time penalty, hit the shot really firmly, very hard, well struck, but Ben Hamer guessed right and dived right and saved right and got the reprieve for Watford because really the penalty that led to that moment certainly I don't think was warranted I think it was a very very soft penalty yes it's a penalty and he, Jake Livermore did in his old stomping ground did trip over just a light touch to the whole player who I think over exaggerated it sold it to the ref and the rule is in these games and Jake Livermore will know this forever as a veteran player especially you do not want to give the referee a decision to make and once there's contact You've given the referee a decision to make. The referee can choose to swallow his whistle or he or she can choose to enforce really what is by the letter of the law a penalty, it, despite it being such a soft penalty almost to be not, so as to be almost no penalty at all. But the bottom line is, is that you never want to give the referee a decision to make in that situation. And Jake Livermore provided that opportunity for the referee to make the decision that he made, wrong though it was. So... That moment when Jaden Philogene stepped up, you thought, 
oh man, well, Hull are going to win this game. They're going to sink this penalty and it's going to be game on, game over for Watford. But it wasn't to be. Because remember, uh, two weeks ago, Leicester had a penalty that took them in front. J.D. Vardy against Watford, that was at the King Power. And uh, you knew that if that penalty went in, the way that Watford were playing that game, the chances of them getting three points or getting any points was going to be slim to none against the team top of the league. And they still are in Leicester City. But this game was different. Hull City in the top six, no less, though. But this was a big, big penalty. It was a 1-1 scoreline. And you felt that this penalty, if it went in, would be probably the end of it for Watford, although they played better than they did against Leicester. But that penalty, late as it was, within the 70-some-odd minute, if that had gone in, I think it would have been a very different game, obviously. But Ben Hamer's big-time save was really a key point and the key turning point in the game. The biggest moment of the game was that save. And then within the next five to ten minutes, it was Wes Hood's foot that got Watford the victory, a spectacular shot. Uh, against a Hull City goalkeeper who had been vulnerable all day long. He had been cheating uh, cheating the lines. He had been playing with fire. And remarkably, and I don't know how remarkably, um, that didn't uh, hurt him earlier is beyond me. But uh, he finally did get what was coming to him there um, with that goal. I mean, because he he tempted fate over and over and over and over again. And uh, he had nine and a half lives, it seemed, the goalkeeper for Hull. Um, looked very nervy, looked, you know, very, very unstable uh, in terms of the sweeper system that he was playing in. And we've talked about that system for Watford. And I think Daniel Batman's adjusted to that now. But i got to tell you, uh, Hull City's sweeper system, the goalkeeper did not look comfortable. He was being charged down. And I think Wes Hood saw that enough times to make a decision to try to catch him. And he was off his line and he got caught. He got caught, and he got caught out really well there. So that was a really big mistake from the goalkeeper, and Watford capitalized on it in spectacular style. This was an unchanged Watford lineup from the one that defeated Norwich City, coming from 2-0 down at the Vic uh, last week to get all three points. And I thought that it was well-deserved. It should never be a lineup that should get changed after what Watford did in the game on Tuesday of last week. And so... Watford kept everybody intact, including the goalkeeper. And Ben Hamer, I, I think, has bought himself at least three more games starting uh, in goal for Watford because I thought he was sensational at times in this game. Made some really big saves, looked a lot more authoritative and comfortable than he had the previous game against Norwich. I thought that he, uh, I think, had a decent enough distribution. And I also thought that he had a certain amount of purpose to him in that goal. Looked like he was a real leader there at the back. And that's what you want to see. You want to see that kind of thing from your goalkeeper. And Ben Hamer now, the veteran goalkeeper who has had his discipline problems earlier in the season, um, is beginning to take advantage of the opportunity that you do get in sports when you have these moments, whether there's an injury, whether there's a suspension, whether the manager just changes his mind or her mind and has a change of tactics. That window of opportunity is yours to take and grab and run with and Ben Hamer has done that here, especially with this performance against Hull City at the KCOM. And now I think there's very little doubt about it. He will be starting the game on Saturday against Southampton at the Vic. And so we will see how Ben Hamer progresses from there. But so far, Ben Hamer has been in goal now, um, if I'm not mistaken, twice for Watford this season in the championship match. 
And each time he's been in goal, Watford have won the game. They won the game, of course. Um, actually, I think it's three times. Pardon me. Three times now. Ben Hame has been in goal for Watford and three times uh, Watford have won. Remember the game against Rotherham? Daniel Batman didn't play that game. Ben Hamer was in goal then. Rotherham uh, got squashed by Watford 5-0. That was just before the international break. Then the game, of course, against Leicester. Daniel Batman was in goal. Leicester won that 2-0. The game, of course, against Norwich City. Because Daniel Batman got suspended with the one-game ban. Um, Hamer was in goal. Watford came from behind to win it 3-2. And then, of course, this past Saturday, Ben Hamer in goal again. And Watford win 2-1. So three times Ben Hamer has started this season for Watford in a championship. And three times Watford have won the games. So, look, I mean, you might say that's just correlation. Maybe not coincidence. Um, or maybe coincidence. But the point of the matter is, is that um, there's no accident. They've won three straight games. And Ben Hamer has just happened to be in goal for all three. Now, listen, he's had a moment against Norwich where he probably should have done a little better. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, he's, he's, I think he's performed well. And Daniel Batman now is going to be on the sidelines here watching these games for the next few until uh, the manager decides otherwise or until, God forbid, heaven forbid, that there's some kind of injury. So that's the way this cookie crumbles. Watford get three points. I'm going to talk a bit more about the game and talk a bit more about some of the other important moments of the game, including Kayembe getting the goal very, very early on. All of that's coming up in part two of Yuan's. That's next. Welcome back to Yuan's. I'm Omar Moore. Watford, buzz off Hull City. By a score of two goals to one at the KCOM this past weekend. Watford now moving on up in the table. They're up to 10th now in the table. And let's hear it now from the man of the match and the golden meister extraordinaire, the goal of the season extraordinaire, Wes Hood. Here is the captain speaking. Yeah, I so saw the, the striker was, uh, was getting the ball from, I think it was their goalie even, or their centre back. And he. Uh, yeah, he didn't turn quite well, so I thought I could, could intercept it and then saw the goalie in front of his line, so yeah, why not? <laughs> so, I mean, great accuracy, it's, it's not even bounced, has it? It's just gone straight in. Yeah. I've been pleased with that. Yeah, it's actually very funny because we had a, a game plan against Leicester as well, uh, in which their goalie was also really high all the time and uh, he made a lot of mistakes before, but against us he was actually really uh, accurate, so I didn't have the chance and... Uh, now uh, the chance uh, occurred and, uh, yeah, I took it. And that's what you have to do in these games. Take your chances. Watford had not been doing that enough on the road in a lot of these games over the last few seasons, but they definitely took their chances this past Saturday against Hull City, a team who had lost just once at home this season in the championship. And, look, Watford made it twice, um, being the second team uh, to defeat Hull on their home turf. Southampton, who Watford play next, were the first team to do so at the KCOM. So Wes Hood there, that was your captain speaking. And captain Wes Hood has become a real uh, presence on this Watford team. I think quietly, quietly, he's been having an outstanding season. There's maybe one game where he was not in his element, looked really out of it. But I, that's only one game I can even think of. Might have been against Blackburn or someone like that way back near the beginning of the season. 
But otherwise, he's had a pretty darn good season, West Hood. And I didn't even put him on my uh, list of uh, player of the season candidates. And I know, of course, we've still got lots of season to go. So in some ways, it's kind of silly to even put out a poll like that. But I always like to say so far, because it the reason I do that is to track where this team is and what you're thinking about this men's first team and how you're seeing the changes in the development of these players because these players are developing into a really cohesive unit now under Val. And I've always thought that it would take time before that happened. It was never going to happen in the first nine or 10 games. It's going to take a lot longer and it has. It's what, 17, 18 games in. And so that is what you're seeing now from this Watford team, a sense of cohesion and purpose. Wes Hood there with the goal, as I just told you, he was there talking to Watford FC. And thank you very much indeed for the audio there, uh, Watford FC, um, about this goal that he scored. It was a staggering effort from just inside the halfway line. And as was alluded to, and as I mentioned, didn't take a bounce, went straight in. And this is going to be the goal of the season. I don't think there's any question about it. It was such a breathtaking strike. And for those Watford fans who saw that in real time, in person, it must have been absolutely unbelievable. What a worldie and what a magical moment that was uh, for everybody of a Watford persuasion watching that, especially if you were at the KCOM watching it. Um, you must have been absolutely elated. Uh, what a performance and what a goal there from Wes Hook. But as I was saying before the break, there are a lot of players who contributed to this win. I talked about Ben Hamer. I've talked about Wesley Hook. But Kayembe got Watford off to the mark, very quickly got off the mark, eight minutes in. And something that Watford don't often do away from home is score early. And that was going to be very key, I think, in a game like this, to score early against Hull. Um, that was going to be very important to get the uh, home side on the defensive and uh, really put them on their heels. And Watford did that, but the problem was, and Kayembe scoring his second goal in Watford colors, he scored, of course, against Rotherham just a few weeks ago. But the issue really was is that Watford did not capitalize on their game plan. After scoring the goal, they really were caught out on transition pretty badly by Hull City. And that was really the only major defensive mistake, the only mistake defensively that Watford made the entire game because they were actually very cohesive and they managed to defend as a block and defend really well, I thought, throughout the most of the vast majority of this game. But that one moment in the 10th minute, literally less than a minute and a half after Kayembe had put Watford in front, you had uh, Hull just knife through the Watford defense and it was poor marking, poor zone marking and it was all an easy cakewalk really. Ben Hamer left really exposed at the back and it was a straightforward shot into the net and that was 1-1 and so you were thinking, oh boy, you know, Watford really, really dropped the ball there. But Watford kept going despite the Hull pressure and Hull did turn on the pressure. Jaden Philogene, especially one of the most dangerous players in the championship, um, continued to lay claim to that title and more. He really has a bright future ahead of him. Um, Jaden Philogene um, should have had a hat-trick at least, as I said earlier, should have had at least four goals here. Uh, he kept tormenting Watford's defense, but Watford, their defense held really firm and, re and were very resilient in big moments. I think Ryan Portis had an important moment in this game, a couple of them. I thought that Jamal Lewis was very good. And I also liked the, what Ryan Andrews was bringing you as well. This is a team effort, this victory, despite the two really big-time heroes, the H&H &H brothers, if you will, Hoot 
and Hamer. Um, those two players were not the only ones. Jake Livermore, I thought, was another sterling presence in that defensive midfield, holding anchor to that back four and really allowing, once again, the freedom of Kayembe and uh, Kone, the KK, K&K brothers, to do their thing up on the pitch and, and up into advanced positions on the pitch, advanced attacking positions. And I thought that, again, Jake Livermore had a very important game. Yes, he made the mistake with the penalty issue. And, of course, we can debate about whether, in fact, it was a penalty. But the fact of the matter is, is that you can't let referees make decisions like this anyway because more than likely, they are going to point to the spot. And nine times out of ten, and sometimes they won't, but I'd say around, especially where Watford are concerned, nine times out of ten, they will spot, uh, if I can say this right, point to the spot against Watford. We've had a load of penalties against us. I think five this season against us. Maybe, maybe not as many as that. But I remember the one against Leicester and obviously the one against Hull. But the bottom line is, is that... um, Jake Livermore had a very solid game. I thought Kone, again, was very, very good. I really liked the energy and the effort he gave you. I thought that, uh, once again, the goalkeeper, as I said, was very good. And if you look uh, at the top of the pitch as well, I thought that the movement from Ravich was pretty good. He didn't have as good a game as he did against Norwich, but I do think that he his movement was good again. Bio should have scored. Unfortunately, the referee just swallowed his whistle. Clearly, Bio was clear through on goal, put put clear through, and the referee decided to not blow his whistle. And the referee let everything go, it seemed, in this game. Now, the referee was not terrible. I thought the referee was good, except for times when he really should have blown his whistle and said, hey, you know, knock it off and give a free kick. And, you know, Bio should have got a free kick just inside the D of the 18-yard box. He was mauled as if this was a Hull Kingston Rovers versus Saracens game, not a Hull City versus Watford game. I mean, this is really appalling stuff. The referee cannot let that much go. And I know back in the 70s and then the 80s, it was vintage like this. The referee would let that kind of stuff go all the time. He'd have all these really savage tackles. And the referee would really not blow his whistle. Uh, I mean, then that was a flashback, really. That game on Saturday was a flashback to those days in the 70s and 80s where anything went, pretty much. And you had basically had to break somebody's leg to get a yellow card. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But the point of the matter is, is that the referee here was a throwback to that era that was all about anything goes... Uh, I'm not going to blow my whistle. Sometimes that works for the game of football, but sometimes it doesn't. If it's a rivalry, and Hull City-Watford is not a rivalry by any stretch, I would definitely understand the referee swallowing the whistle. Now, look, if it's Liverpool-Man United, if it's Liverpool-Man City, if it's Liverpool-Everton, along those lines, Birmingham-Aston Villa, those kinds of games, the referee has to know that it's going to be a little bit extra a little bit of uh, argy-bargy, a little bit more intensity. Um, Surely the referee knows from from the geographical locations and the fierce rivalries of those groups of teams that I've just mentioned. Also, don't forget Glasgow Rangers against Glasgow Celtic. Uh, You know that that is going to be a very physical and aggressive and intense affair. And so the referee is going to have some leeway there and give the players some leeway to do what they will do as long as it does not... um, become so inescapable as to uh, red card somebody. I mean, that's how this goes. 
But this referee, Hull versus Watford, again, not a rivalry by any stretch, decided to let everything go. And I thought that that really hurt the referee there, um, who other, again, the referee was otherwise pretty darn good. Um, and uh, but, but he really needed to blow the whistle a bit and in this thing. I know he wanted to let the game flow, and I understand that. But uh, really, the bio got absolutely manhandled. And I don't know how on earth a referee can really consider himself seriously in these situations when you ignore the fact that bio was impeded in on goal. You know, I mean, I mean, it's not quite denial of a goal scoring opportunity, but my goodness, he was clear through on goal. Uh, anyway, but that's that's another thing. But I think had a good game in the few minutes he was on. He came on as a sub for Ryovic. And I thought that the uh, uh, aggressiveness of Watford never subsided. Tom Ince came on. I think all these players, Ken Semmer, of course, continuing to do well. Um, I think all these players played a significant role in this game. The game management especially, I thought, was very pleasing. By running the ball all the way into the corner flag. That was really critical. I really love that. Um, when that happens, Watford really using their nous there in that situation. I, I'll never forget this, and I've talked about this from time to time. Last season in the championship when Watford were at Burnley and they had a 1-0 lead there and you know how this ends. I uh, was sitting there watching that game in the 95th, uh, 95th, 96th minute and Watford failed to game manage that game appropriately. They gave Burnley a corner. Burnley had the corner and Watford, of course, do not do well against set pieces. They're the worst in the championship at it. And Burnley managed to get the ball in the back of the net, literally with the last kick of the game. And about 10 seconds after that goal was scored to make it Burnley won. Watford won. The referee blew his whistle. And Watford, I thought, really have grown up since then uh, in game management terms, not conceding late, late goals. I think if you look at Watford's game, the games this season in the championship, they have not, aside from, well, I, you know, if you want to call the late goals against Leicester late in the 80th minute, 81st minute, 85th minute, if you want to call those two late, okay, they are late. But I'm talking about 90 minutes and after. Watford generally, and of course I may be jinxing them, so I'm knocking on wood, generally this season have not conceded any late goals in the championship. And I think that that comes from an improved game management as opposed to last season when Watford should have won the game at Burnley and they were not able to finish the game off. And so they ended up with a point instead of three. And uh, that's the way that went. Really frustrating that night. That was a Tuesday or Wednesday night um, a few months ago, of course, this calendar year. But the bottom line is, is that Watford, I thought, have uh, learned from that and have grown up uh, since then. And I thought that this performance was a mature performance, speaking of growing, growing up and, and having grown up. I think that Watford were very mature in this game. You know, there have been games this season where Watford have been naive. I thought the game against Le against Leeds was like that. The game against Leicester, to a degree, was like that. And the game against Sunderland that they were beaten 2-0, but it felt like 5-0. I think they suffered there. Stoke as well. Um, but the bottom line is, is that I think Watford have grown up a bit. This men's first team has matured. And their performance last Saturday at the KCOM was a mature performance. The game management, the ability to hold fast defensively, after the mistake that they made in the first half, I thought really showed me something about this Watford side. So this Watford men's first team, I think, are moving in the right direction. Of course, there's still lots of football to play. Watford unbeaten now in eight of their last nine contests. That one defeat was at Leicester just uh, 10 days or so ago, if not more than that now. 
Um, by the time you listen to this anyway, it will be a lot more. It will be more than 10 days or just about 10. But the point is, is that Watford, I think, are going now in a rhythm and a groove and a consistency that they're going to need to attain if they want to keep moving forward the way that, of course, we all would love them to move forward. But again, I think the thing that pleases me the most is the identity is beginning to form. The confidence is there. And the togetherness is there. And you've got to build those things as a foundation. You must build that foundation. I've said this, whether Watford win, lose or draw these games. I've said it for more than one season and way beyond that. You've got to build a foundation first, a platform first, so that these players can then know what it's like to be in certain situations when, you, when your character is tested. Watford have improved the way their character is for these games. They don't hang their heads anymore and give up on the game. They fight like they did against Norwich. They fight like they did against Hull to get that win. That's how Watford play these games now. And this men's first team, if they are to be successful this season, this is what they're going to have to continue to do to get the results and get the kinds of uh, things that they want out of this season. Now, look, I will say this again and again, and I will repeat it right now. Promotions do not mean anything if you don't have a foundation. If you don't have a foundation of winning, if you don't have a foundation of togetherness, if you don't have a foundation of character, and if you don't have a foundation of consistency, it's not going to mean anything because you will come straight back down the next season. And so you've got to have an identity. That's another thing I'd add there. And you have to know who you are as a football team. And I think this Watford men's team is now figuring out who they are on the pitch. I think their identity is coming to form. And I have uh, every confidence that they will continue to do what they're doing. But they need consistency. They need to continue the consistency. Not just consistency of results, but consistency from half to half. And I think that once they get that balance right, and I think they will, they will continue to be, I think, quite a difficult customer to deal with in this championship. Now, look, the Watford are going to have setbacks. We all know that. Jeremy Ngake is going to be going to be out for a number of weeks now. He's had the ankle surgery. Um, might be back in the new year. Could be back at the end of it. Well, I'd say probably in the new year sometime early in the new year, maybe January. Uh, who knows? But um, the bottom line is that Watford are going to have their ups and downs. It's not going to be always gravy. We all know that. But for the time being... Going only one defeat in nine is a very good stretch. It's one of Watford's best stretches since they got promoted from the championship back in 2021, if you remember that. Actually, it was in 2022. No, maybe, maybe it wasn't now. I forget. 2021, when, when Watford got promoted to the Premier League, and um, that was in 2021. And... Uh, they had stretches where they went unbeaten for longer than nine games or longer than eight of nine. Uh, but this is the longest stretch since then. So Watford definitely now, I think, are rounding into shape. They've got an interesting test this coming Saturday against Southampton. Uh, that's a game that Watford will want to win at the Vic. You know, as I've always said here now, Watford just do not do well against Southampton at Vicarage Road. Um, you have to go back years and years before you can last see a time when Watford beat Southampton at the Vic, no matter what contest it's in. I remember the game against Southampton when we were in the Premier League with them. And as you may remember, or I think it was April the 7th, um, and literally it was a midweek game at the Vic. And within 18 seconds, um, Southampton scored Shane Long. Uh, and that's still the fastest Premier League goal in history. 
And he scored after literally, no, it might have been even seven seconds. It might not, might not even have been 18. It might have been seven uh, seconds in. Seven seconds in, I think, to the game, um, Southampton got the lead. And that was at the Vic. And I think Watford actually fought back to get a draw in that game. Might have been 1-1 or 2-2. But Watford have not beaten Southampton at the Vic in a long time. And at least the last six times I can think of Watford against Southampton at the Vic, each time Watford have failed to come away with three points. They've had a couple of draws here and there in those games, but the vast majority of them have been defeats. And Watford will need to turn that around and get three points out of this game and finally defeat Southampton at the Vic. It's been a long, long time. Southampton are playing well. They're in the top four at the minute, looking very good. And um, look, they are definitely looking to make a playoff run, if not go beyond that. So Southampton, the only other team to beat Hull City at the KCOM this season, the championship, are going to be our next opponents. And that will be at the Vic this Saturday. So we'll see how all of that goes. Watford uh, now in 10th place. I'll be talking about tail position when we get closer to the halfway mark of the season. But Watford in 10th at the moment. And I, I think they're, look, they're just, just a few points behind the playoff situation. But there's still lots of football to play. Now, I want to say one other thing is that um, news came through this week of the passing of Martin Patching, the Watford midfielder of yesteryear back in the 80s, who played such an important role in the final game of the season back in the 1982-83 season at Vicarage Road against Liverpool, who had already sewn up the title that year. And it was just a case of whether Watford will, would finish runners-up or finish third. Had Watford won the game, they would finish runners-up. Had they not, they would have finished third. And this, of course, was their first season in the top flight back in 1982-83. And so Watford, for an encore, celebrated that end of that first season with the final game of the season being Watford-Liverpool at Vicarage Road with a 2-1 Watford win. And Martin Patching scored the all-important goal. If, I, if memory serves me correctly, I think he scored the first goal of the two goals that were scored. I think Luther Blissett scored the second one. And I think that was really what, I think Watford were up 2-0 at that point. And then Liverpool scored a goal and then Watford hung on for dear life to win the game. But um, I remember the game. I don't remember whether it was 2-0 at that point or 2-1, but I think it was 2-0. I think Patching scored the first goal. And Leicester scored, excuse me, and Luther scored the second, or maybe it was the other way around. But the bottom line is, is that Martin Patching, who was a Watford midfielder, um, played, I think, 35 times for Watford, 35, 36, whatever the number is, and was respected and, and loved by the fans here. Um, made that very important contribution in that game against Liverpool that, that ensured Watford would actually be be runners-up, finish that season as runners-up, which was a really good thing for a team that had never played in Division One football before in England. And to finish runners-up to mighty Liverpool, um, I think was a tremendous achievement, one of the best Watford seasons ever, and no doubt the best ever in the top flight as they finished second. And Martin Patchen was a key, key part of that he has passed away, and uh, it's just very sad news indeed. Uh, I do send my deepest, most profound and heartfelt condolences to the family of Martin Patching, and uh, I am sure there are lots of Watford fans who feel the same way, sending their condolences. And uh, to those listening to me now, I do hope that, um, um, that you do make it clear on your social media channels um, 
that uh, a not only is this a sad loss for Watford and for Martin Patch's family, but that you want to also express your condolences um, in this uh, very sad moment for Watford with the departure of Martin Patch and he passed away. And uh, very sad news indeed. So that is all for this edition of Yuan's Watford get the win against Hull City. It's on to the Vic against Southampton next. We'll see how it all shakes out. Don't forget to subscribe to the Yuan's WFC YouTube channel. And of course, to the social media channels at Yuan's WFC on both Twitter and Instagram. I know people call Twitter X these days. But look, you can go and follow yours truly on there at Yuan's WFC. It's been an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to speak with you on this brand new edition of the Yuan's WFC podcast. I'm Omar. And until next time, you.